has my hair guru. Oh, it is pretty. Here we go. <laughs> Talk Radio, coming at you live on MP3 from high on a hill above beautiful Lake Washington. My name is Les and with me as always is the Guru. Yes sir, yes sir, yes sir, yes sir, yes sir, yes sir, yes sir. And you know how this goes, we're here to talk a little trash on a week's worth of sports. I don't know anybody except the Guru, and the Guru knows all. Man, I know just a little something something, man. Just a little something, man. Guru, it is episode number 65, and Wild Card Weekend is behind us with a few surprises and two big doinks. How did the Colts D cause problems for Houston? The Seahawks got out Zeke and Pete had no answer. The Chargers coaching staff put on a display in Baltimore, though, and Nick Foles still has the magic as the champs keep flying. Then, we look ahead to the divisional round as the Chiefs, Rams, Pats, and Saints all get back at it this week. Plus, the coaching carousel still spins, but there are now three less seats, and Guru's got an inside look on how the new guys are going to fit with their squads. Then, in segment two, we got Guru's call-outs and shout-outs. We got our Bets with Ben segment with Ben Carey from TheCurrencyKings.com. You know we got a two-minute drill. Guru, episode number 65, man. Let's roll. <laughs> Guru, man, it is oh. good to see you. How are you doing? Man, I'm living the dream. Don't you pinch me, man. Don't you pinch me. Did you have a good weekend? Because I had a good weekend. You know what? I had a great weekend. I'm sorry. You were saying? Go ahead. What was that? My bad. My bad. My bad. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened there. Guru, did you have a good weekend? Hey, man. Uh, Oh, and we in Seattle. (laughs) Don't we supposed to be playing some dead song or something? (laughs) It don't have background so weird. Didn't you just finish saying we are high above Lake Washington? Beautiful Lake Washington, man. Well, it wasn't beautiful. It wasn't beautiful this weekend. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> well, Guru, let's get right into it then, because you know we are talking wild card weekend this week. Woo-wee. Another great weekend of football. I'll tell you what, this was a good one. We uh, we saw a bunch of good games, and and, and from, from start to finish, surprises. We said it last week, the wild card teams were some of the strongest that we saw, and all three, uh, three of the wild card teams advanced. Only the Seahawks didn't make it, as they didn't get past the Cowboys. But I'll tell you what, let's do it in order. Let's start where we all started, and let's start with the Colts. Over the, the Ravens, man, because this man. was a pretty impressive display by the Colts. Man. This game was over by halftime man. before that. No, nah, the game is, is the playoff. It's never over. Well. It's never over. Because you know why you can say that? Guess who was the coach at the team that you could never say it's over? You know what? That's a good point. <laughs> when Frank Reich is still out there somewhere, anybody can come back, Thank man. You. 21's nothing. Thank you. That's a good point. <laughs> so this. Now, first, what I want to talk about, really. I the the NFL postseason might be the best postseason in sports, man. Oh, the tournament. You know, of all the tournament, it's just so beautiful because the regular season is a collection of data. You know what I mean? It's a collection of data identifying who a potential matchup, who you're gonna meet. And and the postseason is what I it's time for coaching. There's three seasons. All right. The mm-hmm. first I, I, the September season is the offensive season. You know, basically from September till about Halloween. It's offensive season. That's when the Fitz Magics are out there. You know, everybody throwing for 400 yards, 500 yards. The fantasy season. Absolutely. Right? And then all of a sudden, 
It goes to. <laughs> I knew I had it. Hey, and then it goes to the defensive season. You know, when is the the, the the run the ball and defensive season? Right. You know, from the Thanksgiving to the December ball. You know, that's when the defense is strong. That's when the running game is strong. Right. We've seen what you can do in those first couple of months. Mm-hmm. Now we know how to respond. Exactly. Yeah. We've seen all the innovative geniuses McVay and company y'all did over the summertime. Yep. In the first four or five weeks, we got to see, oh, you caught me off guard. But now I know what the hell you do. And then the playoffs. Andy Reid, I've got you figured out now. <laughs> see? And then now this is my favorite season. Uh-huh. It's the X season, O season. The playoff season. Playoffs? It's called the coaching season. Playoffs? Because at the end of the day, when you're in the tournament, everybody's even. It's an even game. Yeah. There's so much limited in talent. Now it becomes preparation. Now it becomes what happens Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, before that Saturday game or that Sunday game. And with this game, the Colts and the Texans, they, one thing they did um, defensively, and watch out for this, they Matt, and I always pronounce his last name wrong, Eberflus. You know, okay. Eberflus, E B E B E R F L U. The guru's an immigrant, so don't mind me, oh, Matt. Man. All right, but anyways, Matt Eb, I call him. You know, cowboy disciple, did a outstanding job as far as coaching and preparation, right? So what they implemented, right? I loved it. So what we always say about Deshaun, I mean Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. we always say he's an unscripted type quarterback. He's a backyard quarterback. He's a backyard, yeah. He's great. What makes him so special? What made him what we all saw in the, from the collegiate days against Alabama to what happened what he did his first six weeks in the NFL was him getting out the pocket, doing some amazing shit and throwing the ball deep. Right. You know? So basically what the Texans and Matt did with uh, for him, he kept him in the pocket. He basically said, you know what, Deshaun, I want you to beat me through basically you gotta make big time boy throw. So they implemented a cover two Cover two scheme on them. But what it did is they had their guys, their corner actually undercut basically every single route. That's what they did with DeAndre Hopkins. So in a sense, this tests the accuracy of your quarterback because now you have to get the ball over the DB, the corner who's in front of the receiver, and then you got to get that sweet spot, you know, right before the safety, Malik Hooker, who's one of the nice young safeties in the NFL. So that was a beautiful, beautiful implement of what they did, and that actually shows Deshaun Watson deficiency because Deshaun Watson missed some big-time throws in the pocket. Balls that, you that little space you have in between, he didn't complete those balls, especially to the tight end and to the inside receivers. So that really showed Deshaun Jackson, I mean Deshaun Watson's um, still learning curve. Mm-hmm. And Matt Eve did an outstanding job of showcasing that. And that's what uh, um, the Colts did as far as got them to that level. Yeah, because Watson actually had a better statistical day really than Luck. Watson threw for two, uh, 235, one touchdown, one two. interception. Luck went 222, two TDs, and an interception. Yeah. That, that's basically no, see, neck no, and neck. No, no, no. See, this is the play. Nobody cares about that analytical bullshit. You know, people who don't watch the damn game, you know what they do? They watch the Bucs score. Nobody, if you watch the game, the reason why Luck didn't have to throw much because you got Marlon Mack doing Marlon Mack racking up exactly. yards. Exactly. So, and the reason why Watson got more yards, they were down 21 zip. All right. He had to pass. A lot of his yards came at the end. Yes, exactly. Right. Uh, so that was that was the other part of this game. They went up early and 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 sort of held them off as as Watson couldn't scramble to bring them back in. Uh, so, so this one going forward, what do you see happening here? Is are the Colts uh, is this legit? I mean, this, no, the Colts. Actually, what I want to say here is, is you, this speaks to your three seasons because this is the third time these teams have played. Mm-hmm. This is they played early in the season, mm-hmm. uh, and the uh, and, and, the, Texans. and uh, the Texans got the best of mm-hmm. them. They played in the middle of the season, and the Colts picked up mm-hmm. on them when the defense matters, mm-hmm. and then when the X and the O's 
all came out, mm-hmm. it was the Colts who were able to have the scheme. They're better. To, and, mm-hmm. to, beat the, hey, to beat the Texans. And this is, just put it this in. And we're going to continue on the Colts. What they're doing over there right now, I just got to let everybody know. What Indianapolis is doing over there with Chris Ballard, uh, the GM, with Andrew Luck, a 29-year-old franchise quarterback, with the personnel he has gone. Ballard is one of the most highly IQ GM in the game. You know, I call him, I nickname him personally, the Sean McVay of the GMs. <laughs> because now every, every organization is looking for Chris Ballard, a young guy that knows football, and most importantly, he knows personnel. Right. To keep on, on the on the field because you got to have the right you know guys. Yeah. yeah, this especially in the postseason, this is where it all matters. All right, so let's switch games here because I want to talk about the next game. We got to watch this one, the the Seahawks Cowboys game. This one looked like a Seahawks game. We were saying this. Uh, uh, we were saying this through the whole game. Uh, this was playing into the Seahawks' favor. This was a low scoring, grinded out kind of game. But at the same time. The Seahawks really couldn't get their running game going in this and couldn't seem to come off it. What happened in this game? This is a this is a g- great game. Um, every both teams stuck to their style. Uh, that's why you saw the the score of this game, what it came down to. Um, it just everything worked out. It came down to just like every time we talk in football, it comes down to one to three plays. Mm-hmm. One to three plays in the playoff. It comes down to one play. Playoffs? You know, in the regular season, it's one to three plays. In the playoff, it comes down playoffs? to one play. The, the Seahawks and the Cowboys game came down to one play. And that play was that third and 14 when Dak scrambled and got the first down. Yeah. That's what basically came down to. Everything, every, they, they, it's like when I analyze this game, even though you might say, you know, the Seahawks ran the ball and they have no success. They, they, they kept the Cowboys honest. You know what I mean? They, they stuck with what got them there. So I understand what they did. And the Seahawks defense was doing, you know, they were doing all right. Obviously, they were going against, you know, Zeke and company. But this game, exactly what it was. The Seahawks did what they're supposed to do, you know. And, and most importantly, the Cowboys did what they're supposed to do. They fed Zeke. Fed Zeke. They fed Zeke feed all Zeke, day. And then Dak. Did what Dak's supposed to do. We need you for what? One play, Dak. Yep. We need you for third and 14 for one play. Yep. For just in the whole game, I need you to be great one time. And the difference between um, Seagulls being at home right now and the Cowboys moving on is because Dak was great in that one play. Yeah, the, the uh, Cowboys did exactly what they were supposed to do, like you said. Uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott runs for 137 yards, has four receptions for another 32. Uh, Prescott... Uh, has 226 yards. Amari Cooper catches 106 of those. And Dak Prescott scrambles when he has to, which is what the Cowboys need him to do. To get that first down, keep them alive going forward, keep the keep the Seahawks and Russell Wilson, more importantly, off the field and getting back mm-hmm. on there. Would you have changed if you were Pete Carroll, though? As, as we were watching this game, I couldn't help no, but think, no, let no, Russ throw the no, ball. No, there's, you see, there's a thin line between adjustments and desperation. But you've got Russell Wilson There's back there. There's a thin line between adjustment and desperation. What you're basically not telling my team right now is, okay, guys, we're desperate. They were. They came down to Dak Prescott play. That's the only reason why you're mentioning Russell Wilson in pass the ball or other rhetoric. No, it's just more that 
Dak made a big boy, a grown man, from boy to man, basically. That play, that play signified the Cowboys became, they just went from boys to men. So you think all of this is now off their backs? All this, uh, all this, uh, they, they've shaken off the husk of, of this, this Cowboys sort of uh, choke yeah. Yeah. Uh, curse that they've yeah. got going on. Yeah. No, guess what? The Cowboys are CPR certified. Ladies and gentlemen, I hate to say it, but the Cowboys are CPR certified, and that means they don't need no helmet maneuver. They ain't choking nowhere. They know how to fucking save themselves. So they're getting there on their own now. This is a, this is a this game was not as exciting. It was a good game. They ground it, grinded out, and it was uh, it was tough to watch this city <laughs> lose that game. But you're absolutely right. Everybody's talking about should Pete have gone, and I I think he should have. I think they should let Russell Wilson. I think it would have been great coaching. You know, they always say dance with the one who brung you. But I don't but, let, let, but let is, Russ not, off the chain every now and again. Aired out, aired out to who? Tyler Lockett. Oh, Tyler yeah. Lockett had oh, 100 okay. plus yards. Oh, so yeah, so yeah, okay. I'm just going to sit there, right? This is this is playoff ball. And dude, Byron Jones was is a John Byron Jones is an all-pro corner. There was reasons why things wasn't as easy as this is why you're in the playoff. You the other guys, guess what, Lestro? They are good too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so there's a reason why it was a two-point game, because one play was needed. It's the one play was needed. And unfortunately, in this city, they're used to the Seagulls making that one play. Right, they've made it. Russ, Russ has made the play that so many times. That but this time, guess what? Russ didn't have the ball. Didn't have the ball. Didn't get a chance it's to play because, it. Because of Dak. Exactly. All right, so then let's move on to the other one because this is another coaching marvel here, the Chargers versus the Ravens. Uh, this, was, this was an impressive uh, uh, coaching uh, feat by the Chargers uh, to go in there. They went into Baltimore. They came out with the win, and they did it in kind of amazing fashion. Uh, Lamar Jackson got nowhere for this entire game. There was talk of bringing in Flacco. By the way, if you're talking about bringing in Joe Flacco at halftime as the savior of your team, it's gone way wrong. That is, that is that is so far wrong. If you're talking about should we bring in Flacco? Can he save us? No, no, we can't. Let's show once again, just like last week. If y'all watched the show, no, what I told you, <laughs> no, like I, I get, I kind of get a little bit aggressive with that because I'm saying it again because we said it. I said it before the game started. If Flacco was starting that game, they will beat the Chargers. That oh no game. way! That game. If Joe Flacco was a starter, and I'm talking about playoff Joe. There was no way. All right. No May way. Maybe because no they way. because they no schemed and coached. Too, and at home, there was no way. Flacco don't lose a playoff game at home, bro. The only way is, so because, no way. is because they coached so perfectly for Lamar Jackson, which is what I want to get and, into and, here. And, and, and you know what? It's funny. Who coached so perfectly for Lamar? The, uh, the Colts. Uh, the Colts. The Chargers. The, the Los Angeles-San Diego no, Chargers. No, <laughs> For that, if we're going to get to this preview, that's because it's a different thing. I said prior, even they said Flacco was a starter, uh -huh. they would have won that game. If they're going to that week, naming Flacco the starter. They were the one that game. Oh, naming him? Yes. Oh, I thought you meant showing up on Sunday. No, no I'm okay. saying if Flacco was the starter throughout and going to that game. No way. Yes, no. he would have been. Anyway, that, neither there, neither here, because we're never going to see that happen. We're never going to see it happen. So, now, is, this is probably my favorite fucking game. This right here was my favorite game of all. Damn, every game was good. Every game was good. Every game was good. Yeah. All right, this is one of my favorite games, because... I'm loving, I'm loving everything, Anthony Lynn, everything, San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers. I am loving everything, Gus Bradley. Dude, you talking about 
what I say what season this is, is the X's, X's and O's, and O's season. season. Bro. So what they deployed. Right Chargers to have busted out on X's and O's like we haven't seen all year. What they deployed. And it's kind of funny, man. I was shout out to one of my guys I look up to in the game, Lewis Riddick. So I was looking to Lewis Riddick um, on ESPN, and he was talking about, um, you know, how the Ravens were going to give the Chargers uh, uh, with, uh, uh, with Lamar Jackson as far as the, the RPO and the option game, right. a little bit of problems uh, as far as the read option. And I was, I was very indifferent with that because I was looking at it totally different. You know, I'm like, what you got to realize? Remember, I've said this many times, Les Show, the Chargers are the most complete football team in the NFL, meaning personnel-wise. They're what I call, they're very um, scheme-diverse, mm -hmm. you know, meaning on their defensive side, because of their personnel, they're very diversified. They could do so much different type of setup. And that's one of the differences, uh, how diversified showed this weekend. Basically, what they did, they implemented their safeties now. Derwin James um, and Adrian Phillips put them at linebackers, started them at linebackers due to the fact that Lamar Jackson, as much as you want to see, he don't run linear. Lamar Jackson's runs are horizontal. So that means it's sideline to sideline. Yeah. So meaning you got to get a guy on more speed on the field. Right. You got to so get a guy that can chase him down. A couple of guys. Yeah. So as far as the personnel diversity they have, and, and shout out to Telesco, the GM over there, as far as the personnel diversity they have, is they're able to get guys like um, Phillips and James, who has bodies like safeties, movement like, I mean, movement ability like safeties, but hit and aggressive like linebackers. Mm -hmm. They're very aggression like linebackers. So you could put them in the line of scrimmage and play the run like what they did on base defense in a sense, had the safeties play their starting linebackers in base packages, which was genius because now they had enough speed on the field that Lamar Jackson couldn't do anything um, horizontal. Mm -hmm. He couldn't do anything horizontal, which got the Ravens in a bad situation. Got them in third and long situation, which means they uh, they had to put Lamar Jackson in harm's way because he has to do what he can't really do at this time, well, which they, is pass the ball. Well, I, I saw uh, Adam Schefter uh, tweeted this. What they what they had did is that they deployed apparently seven defensive backs so, you know, on the field. That's what I mean with yeah, their yeah. safety playing linebackers. Right, and, and in doing so, they did this uh, like something like. They did something like five times on one game that the any other team, all the teams combined had done it during the season, and that was how they confused him. Was it, this is something that we no, hadn't no, seen all what, season. No, no, no. What they basically did, just to uh, break it down, is when the Ravens, no team, what the Ravens, where the Chargers got this from, what they got the beat from, the Ravens played the Cleveland Browns. Remember when they played uh, the Browns with Baker and them, the last game of the season? Right, final game right? of the year. So the, the Browns basically – accidentally went, went into that personnel group because they were behind and they just had to figure something out. And that actually worked for them. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? With um, Jabril Peppers and those companies playing linebacker in a sense, just like Doreen James. You know, so that kind of worked. So that's what I'm talking about as far as coaching. So that's what Gus Bradley and brought up to Anthony Lena and company. Like, hey, guess what? We have the scheme and we have the personnel as far as the, the difference the diversification of our personnel grouping, and we have enough guys as far as uh, skill set-wise that could play a multitude of positions. You know, Desmond King could play inside, outside safety. You know, you got J um, Jalil Adil could play uh, the free safety. He could come in the box. So what I mean, you have a skill, a diversified skill set in the secondary. And they deployed that. Gus Bradley deployed that. But they did get their heads up from the Cleveland Browns. 
Here's the uh, the stat I was talking about. They used seven defensive backs on 58 of the 59 snaps on Sunday. They used seven defensive backs 50 times in the regular season, which was 5% of their total snaps. No team had used seven DBs on, a, on more than 18 snaps for a game this season. They used them on 58 of 59 out yeah. there. And I thought the defense was great on this because the other thing they did is they were able to get behind. The reason I don't think Flacco would have done anything is because they kept blowing up the pocket See, there. See, that's, that's why I'm kind of upset at John Harbaugh. Because he didn't make no adjustment, dude. It's plain and simple. This is football 101. It's very plain and simple, Lestro. You put seven defensive back. You know what you do? You get your line. You line up in an I formation. I formation. No, dude. It's not. It's not. It's simple. It's not rocket science, brother. You line up in I formation, and I'm gonna run this freaking ball right down your throat. Out. Yes. You got so too many guys got, back there. It's easy. This is. Lestro, you have 215 pounds, 220 pounds. I have 245, 300 pounds, 300 pounds. I'm going to get my guards. I'm going to have some type of flexibility as far as my offensive line that they will reach out to those damn DBs. And I'm, I'm telling you, those DBs might win the first quarter because they're fast and that. But after a couple of pancakes, by halftime, third quarter, guess what those DBs, they don't want nothing. Instead of 57, 58 plays, that shit would have been only 30. Because they, you know what? They would have been like, nah. Yeah. They would like, hey, Gus. Nah, homie. Nah, <laughs> homie. Ah, Russell Okun. I mean, nah, nah, nah. I got a bunch of guys out there coming at me, man. Orlando Brown and company, man. Nah, but John Harbour did not adjust. He still kept trying to go um, horizontal rather than going linear. The quickest way to the end zone is a straight line. And he didn't adjust to that. The charges were basically baiting. Think about it, Lestro. We said they put more speed on the field, right? Right. So how do you counter speed? Brute force. And what is the culture of the Ravens? It used to be brute force. I don't know what it is anymore. It seems to be changing uh, before our eyes, but it used to be the brute force in defense. I'll tell you that thing. I, I'll tell you this, John. I have utmost respect for you, but they did not adjust and I kudos to my coach of the year, Anthony Lynn. I've been beating the drums for this guy. His adjustment, that preparation. Dude, you can't not give credit to where credit is deserved. And absolutely to the GM, the whole entire LA San Diego organization who've been homeless basically for the last two years. Yeah. You know, they're a homeless organization, and they're still doing this. They're still I mean, doing great. They don't have I, a home stadium. Dude, they don't have any fans. No one cares. If, if the guru out here, man, I would flip my hair back for the damn Los Angeles-San Diego Chargers, right? man. That's I, I would, too. All right, so Guru, let's uh, let's move on to the the fourth and final game here, which, in my opinion, was uh, was obviously the most important and exciting uh, game of the weekend as the uh, as the Philadelphia Eagles rallied to beat the Chicago Bears. I told you last week, of course, that I the only team you could believe in was the Bears or Nick Foles, and that's why I picked uh, why I picked, why I picked the Philadelphia Eagles, and it, it came through again. This was not a pretty game. This was kind of an ugly game, and then at the very end, Nick Foles leads a drive all the way down, hits a hits Golden Tate for. A a touchdown that uh, they missed the uh, the the two point conversion the uh, the the Bears get the ball back make an incredible play at the end uh, to to Richardson uh, Trubisky hits one of his only passes of the game to to uh, to Richardson to to get down the center of the field they Robinson. set up, who Robinson my bad they set up the field goal uh, uh, Cody uh, Parkley. Parkey comes in uh, Cody what is his name Cody Parkey mm -hmm. comes in to kick a forty three yarder. They ice him as as he kicks it. He makes it, but they call the timeout. It comes back. 
Cody Parkey gets a second shot at it. It gets blocked and double doinks off the uh, off the uprights. We didn't know it was blocked until until recently, but uh, it <laughs> was onto the play, right? Right. It was in fact blocked. Uh, a, bounces off the uprights. Eagles win. Nick Foles has the magic. The entire city of Philadelphia celebrates. Guru, this is incredible, right? What what is going on in this game here, dude? Um, another game that I think you hear the mantra here. What a coaching. Coaching. And I beat this to the chest because I know a lot of Bears fans. I know you guys are out there, man. I know my boy over there, Pat, the designer in Chicago, talking about the guru always talking shit. No, I never believed them. It's like, put it like this. they all this raving the Bears defense, the Bears defense. I had to put this in perspective. What the Bears defense is, they kind of remind me of the old school Ravens defense and like that. They are bully ball. All right, meaning they're more of a power force. They're not a collectively a fast defense. Mm -hmm. You know, you won't say, oh my God, they're fast. They're looking more of a bully, bruisers, when you think about the Bears. They're not a a fast defense overall. I always looked at them, I'm like, they're lacking overall team speed. You might have a fast guy here and there, but overall as a team, when I'm talking about moving laterally, I always had an issue with that. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm talking about coaching. And that's what Dougie P did. Because another thing they were talking about going against the Eagles, and I kept hitting, even my guy, once again, Lewis Reddit, said, oh, the, the Eagles are one, one-sided. one They don't have a running game. And it, it's dawned on me. I'm like, do you know who the offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles is? Do you know Dougie P? Do you know what those guys do? They scheme for the running game. They're not the type of team. It's like they're not a, a, a power team. They're not going to come out there in round one. Hey, let me roll up my sleeves and let me just try to go straight at the Bears. No, they're not running anything down anyone's throat. They're not going to do that. No. So what they did and how they scheme and they sprout, it's about the usage. How they easily use the back in the backfield. How Darren Sproles was essential. And how um, um, Wendell Smallwood. Because they use a different type of back to go against a bully defense. It's some of the things the Ravens and it's like, let me take that back. It's one of the things the Patriots used to do when they play the Ray Lewis and them Ravens, you get a smaller back out of the backfield who's shifty because the problem of the Chicago defense is moving laterally. So you get a shifty guys like Darren Sproles and Wendell Smallwood that gave fits to the type of defense uh, to those guys. You know? And another thing that I, I loved about it, Jason Peters, hats off. If I have a hat on right now, I didn't hear Khalil Mack at all during that game. No, you didn't hear his name. At all. Not really at a all. force. So the Eagles, I think overall, like um, skill set wise, as far as their personnel, once again, their personnel and the way they use and their, ver- and their versatility as far as their personnel set. You know, from the Alshon Jeffers to the Nelson Aguilar to the Golden Tate. You have guys that could play inside, outside, interchangeably. You got Zach Herc who line up in the line of scrimmage, outside the line of scrimmage. You have Sproles, who's a, a, a heartache against for any type of linebackers in the, in the NFL, even at 32, 33 years old. So the Eagles personnel fits to go play against a team like the Bears. That's why I figured it was a bad matchup mm-hmm. the whole way for the Chicago Bears because of the personnel. There's nothing they could have done. Um, it's just what it was. 
Yeah, I think uh, I, I think this game was was great. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I think you're leaving out the key factor though, and that of course is Nick Foles. Let's let's not deny the magic that is Nick Foles taking this team back to the playoffs and on their way to another Super Bowl run. I mean, it's not like they have any trouble getting past the Saints this week, right, Guru? Hey, <laughs> we'll get into that in just a second. That's here. a good one. All right, so let's transition then uh, to the uh, to talk about the, the upcoming week in the divisional games. Before we do that, Guru, let's remind the folks that they can find us everywhere that uh, podcasts are available. You can look for us here on, on the iTunes. You can find us on the Google Play. You can find us on Spotify. Make sure you do what you got to do uh, to get the podcast. Let us know what you think. Comment, review, whatever you got to do. And make sure you, uh, you look for us on the, the, the Wazen uh, World of Sports Network YouTube page yes, uh, in there. All right, so now, Guru, let's... Turn our attention to the week coming up. The divisional round of the playoffs, we're seeing the big names come back. You got the, the big teams, the favorites, had the week off. Everybody got to rest, put their feet up, uh, have, have, a little, have a little beverage, uh, heal some wounds. We're all getting back out there. Let's start right where the weekend starts, Colts-Chiefs. What do you think? Man. And mind you now, just to let you guys know, we're shooting this on a, on a Tuesday. Right. So my assessment is way before you guys probably going to see these that comes out Friday. No, right, you right. know what I mean? So just want to let you know, give me more props after this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so once again, we look at the strong... Yes, boy, yes, boy. Yeah. The strong Indianapolis Colts, the young Cub, the young Colts, uh, led by, you know, Andrew Love. And they got the right choice, baby, Frank Wright of, as well. And my man, my GM, my guy, man, that's Sean McVay of GMs, obviously Chris Ballard. Uh, but they're going against. They're going against. They're going against a serious team. They're going against. The Walrus. They're going against the guy that I told Peterson. Every, uh, uh, Frank Wright. They're going against the guy that helped Frank Wright got to where Frank Wright is. They're going against right now what I call a buzzsaw. You know, as much as personnel-wise, the Colts fit everything that will give the um, Chiefs problem. But the only problem is they're just a year too young. The Colts. I mean, the Chiefs are a year the too young. Colts. The, Colts. the Colts are a year too young. The Colts are a year too wrong. You know, the Colts are like sperm. This is like, <laughs> pre they're like pre-cum. What? You know what I'm saying? Right now, they just pre-cum. They're not the real what? deal yet, you know? They just, they, just, they just came like, oh, my God, you're here. <laughs> you <know? laughs> We're like, oh, shit. You're here. So so basically what I'm getting at, I love the Colts. I love what they're going to do. But Andy Reid and company just have a little bit too much as far as personnel-wise. Mm -hmm. uh, the Colts, they want to run the pressure. They want to get pressure on, um, on Mahomes. But the Chiefs are going to be able to run the ball on them. Uh, the Chiefs are going to be able to do screens on them to get the pass rusher. Uh, and they can't do a cover two scheme like how they did with um, uh, with uh, the Texans, you know, for many reasons. But Mahomes, for one, is a better quarterback as far as throwing the ball, mm -hmm. you know. And two, they, what kill a cover two in a scheme like that? You need a legitimate tight end. You know, you need a guy up the middle to destroy any type of stuff you're trying to do to take Malik Hooker's attention. The Chiefs and got that. The Chiefs got that. Yeah. You know, so, and then with that said, you have well, the fastest guy, the cheater. Uh, so just personnel-wise and playing in Arrowhead in this game, I just think it's uh, it's unfortunate the Colts just run into a buzzsaw, and I think the Colts are going to get manhandled. You know, you say that uh, Andy Reid – Taught Frank Reich everything. Uh, I think he taught him everything except how to win because Reich's got the ring and Andy Reid doesn't. That said, 
I think you're absolutely right about this weekend. I think the uh, the Chiefs are, are are too much of a buzzsaw. I think this is where the party ends. This is where Cinderella goes home for uh, for Indianapolis. This absolutely, is a, a tough one there. All right, so let's move on to the second game on Saturday, which is the Cowboys in L.A. to take on uh, Sean McVay, Jared Goff, uh, Todd Gurley, and the Rams. Man, this is scary, bro. For who? Man, this is scary. This is scary for the Rams. For the Rams. This is like I. And the gurus keep saying this, but I, they're just doing it right. I hate them, but damn it, the NFL better keep up with the Joneses, bro. The one thing you guys want to know about the guru and everybody knows, he hates the Cowboys. Got to keep up with the Jerry Joneses. They better, they, 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 they better keep up with the Joneses, man. Because I'll tell you this. One thing we're figuring out is, and I know we probably hear this rhetoric quite a bit, Dak makes the plays that you need to make. In the playoff, this is the thing I love about analytical guys. Playoffs? Where are they at in the playoff? <laughs> playoffs? Where are, there's no playoff analytical bullshit because it's about the game now. Right. It's about the X's and O's. It's about personnel. It's about what your GM have done to give the head coaches the personnel and the depth to get me to the next level now. It ain't analytics. You know what I'm saying? Um, so the Cowboys basically playing a home game in L.A. That's their second home. That is their home game. It's going to be more Cowboys fan in fucking the Coliseum than the Rams fans. Really? That's you think just, so? I know L.A. doesn't really care, no, but they've been doing it. all right. Let, this is, let, let, let the guru handle this one because this, is a, this is a known fact. Everybody know, even the people watching this, because the Cowboys been holding their um, training camp in Oxnard, California since the dawn of time. Uh. They li- that's their home. All right, That is their home. Every year, then oh, that's their home, so we know that. And the Rams, we know they don't. Anyways, and look at the population of L.A. We know the type of geographic uh, fan base the Cowboys are. That is their home. So with that said, and I want to go with my analytics rather than my heart here, mm-hmm. and I'm going with my analytics. All right, the Rams know what they are. And I'm falling off, and I told you about how I feel about the Rams. Right. You know, they know what they are. They got big-name guys that don't work together. You know what I'm saying? They're all trying to make the superstar plays rather than having that cohesive chemistry to be elite. Just like, like the, 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 the Eagles. You can see they have cohesiveness on the defense, how they move. Mm-hmm. Like, like synchronized, like a synchronized swimmer. You know, when you watch the tape, there's no synchronization in the Rams' defense uh, you just don't, don't see that. And that's going to be a big, big thing. Uh, it's kind of funny because every time I watch the tape, it's like they they rush the passer every freaking play. Even if it's a running play, it's like they're running through the running back to get to the quarterback. It's just weird. It's odd. They just, they just zoned out straight rushing the passer. So I think with that said, they dial up. If Zeke get 26 carries or more, mm-hmm. The Cowboys will win this game. You think that's the that's the demarcation line? Twenty six carries. If Zeke gets twenty six carries or more, they uh, they win, win this it. game. He had twenty six carries on uh, on Saturday against the uh, against the Seahawks. Twenty six carries exactly. Twenty six carries. They win this game. All right, so let's move on to uh, Sunday then. This uh, with the first game is actually probably the premier game this weekend, as far as I'm concerned. This is the the uh, Los Angeles San Diego Chargers at the New England Patriots. Uh, heading into Gillette to, to take on to take on the uh, the AFC champs up there, uh, I think this one can actually go the Chargers' way. I think we could see an upset in this one. What do you think, Guru? Oh man, you know what I think? 
Have you ever seen, do you know what's going to happen in um, the end of uh, the Rocky? The Rock, you know Sylvester Stallone's going to win, right? Yeah, of course. So you've seen that movie before, right? Yeah. Okay. Have you seen the Titanic? You already knew what was gonna happen. You, I didn't think. You yeah. went to go. You still went to go watch it. You knew what was gonna happen, right? I didn't actually go see it. I had a friend who told me though that. Uh, yeah. But you knew what was gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. You knew the ending, right? I had a friend who said that movie got started to get boring and then the boat sank. Mm. That was the way he described it. Perfect. So basically, what I'm getting at is, we seen this script before, we seen the same actors before, we seen the same scene before, and we saw how this ended. Mm -hmm. So you could try to. Take the page out the book, but guess what? I've already seen it. You can't take me out unless you could take Brady out, unless you take Belichick out. We've seen this in freaking uh, uh, um, Kraft Stadium, a Kraft Cheese Stadium. I don't even know what the hell they call Gillette. it. Oh, no, now he's a shave. Gillette, Kraft. Yeah. You do it all, Bobby. Bob Kraft, man. Forget about my man, Ricky Ross. Forget about Mick Mills, baby. You better mess with the guru, Bob Kraft, man. <laughs> you better mess with the G to the U to the R to the U, baby. With that said, I am with TB12. As much as I am resending on my pick, it's going to be snowing in New England. It's going to be Tom Brady. It's going to be an ambush. It's going to be a straight-up Boston massacre. Oh, I like that. All right, listen. I'm going to take the Chargers unless it snows. If it is snowing on Sunday in New England. Lestro, please get this only iPhone out because we could see what the weather is already. I'm, it's calling for 20 degrees and about a about a 75, 85% chance of snow. I just don't want it to be the, Patri the Patriots so much and that I'm taking I the Chargers. I am the guru, and I play a meteorologist on TV. <laughs> So the final game of the weekend, then, is obviously the one I care the most about. As my Philadelphia Eagles, the the, uh, the world champion Philadelphia Eagles, head down to the Superdome to take on the uh, the number one seed New Orleans Saints. Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. Do I have a shot at but, this, Guru? But, hey, you ever seen a, you ever drive on, where we at over here? You know, I'm going originally where we are from. You're, you're on 95. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, some little bug coming to the windshield. Right. And then you just, whoo, you're still going 100 miles an hour? Right. Exactly. So guess what? The scent of the car. You're saying they're going to be- the Eagles, boom, and they're going to be going 100 miles an hour. You're saying they're going to be knocking an eagle off their, uh, their windshield with their wipers. I'm telling you, once I told you about the personnel grouping with the Chiefs-Colts game, this is the exact same replica. It's just, it's about personnel. It's not about the player individually. It's not about who got the who who got this big name player. Who got this? No, it's about the overall skill set and the diversity of that personnel and how versatile they are. You know, the most versatile. You have a team who could hit you with a power game, a team who could hit you with a finesse game, a, t a, a, a team that could hit you with a Hall of Fame franchise quarterback, a team that could hit you with an All Pro receiver, big boy. You have two. You have an offensive coordinator that's innovative. It's like there's too much going on as far as personnel set to go against the Eagles. Mm -hmm. Now, when I told you what the Eagles, well, they were lucky last week because they went against a defense that wasn't laterally fast. Now, the difference this week is they're going against a defense that's laterally fast, but they're not a bully defense. Mm -hmm. You see the difference? That's what it is. They don't have the bully back. 
to bully this defense. They have to still use those finesse, versatile player back, but this defense is set up for guys like that. But they're not set up for a guys like Zeke. Hence how the Saints lost in that Thursday night game. They're not ready for that. They're not, they're not big boss like that. But boy, oh boy, you want to get, you want to want to toss? Ooh, you want to want to pass anything on a screen? Boy, oh boy, you want to see Eli, Marshawn, Lattimore, all them boys fly? They're going to say fly since fly, <laughs> you know? So it's a total personnel grouping. And don't, it's no disregard to um, um, Nick Foles because imagine the first time they played, right? What happened? That was a buzzsaw. Remember when the Eagles went to New Orleans? Yeah. And, and actually, that's part of my reason. I think the Eagles are pissed about that game because the Saints ran up the score it's on them. It's not they're pissed. It's just the personnel group. It's nothing you could do, Lestro. You're 5'9". I'm 6'1". We stand still with my hands up. You can shoot all you want. I'm going to hit the ball more. I'm going to block you more than you're going to shoot. You're going to make. I don't care what you do. Until you grow five inches, there's nothing you could do. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. And I got to tell you, as I was watching the game this weekend, uh, I thought to myself, Drew Brees is going to pick apart the Eagles secondary as well. I thought that, that I was watching Mitch Trubisky and I thought, man, if they had a real quarterback in here, we'd be in trouble. I think Drew Brees is going to pick him apart. That said, Dude. obviously, I'm taking the Eagles on this one. I, I, don't, I, hey, hey, I, me, I got Nick Foles on my side. Add, you can't let, beat me. Let me add one last thing with this. Um, let me add one last thing, all right? And this is just a playbook inside about this. When I looked at the Eagles' defense, right, Fletcher Cox and all that, they, they, they could move, but they, as far as the versatility, the Saints could beat them with their backs, right? But what I really looked at is those rookie corners. I'm talking about Maddox and LeBlanc. Yeah. Right, LeBlanc. It's, it's you know? a problem. And what I looked at, in the, especially the last couple of games, you know, you're going to see Sean Payton. Y'all remember this now. <laughs> Sean Payton. Right now, he's watched the same thing I watched. Hopefully, everybody else seen my, my man Lewis Riddick. I'm calling you out. You better go watch the film I'm watching to the All Elevens. Watch the Eagles linebacker court. I mean, the Eagles secondary. All right, you're gonna see Kirkwood. Remember this: Tyquan Smith and Kirkwood. They're gonna have a monster game. I mean, a monster game with. Over, both of them going over 80 yards because Sean Payton is going to make sure he's going to be picking on the right side or, 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 or the left corner or the left side on the right side of the offensive side, that's secondary. Mm -hmm. They might stay away from Rasul Douglas a little bit, but LeBlanc and Maddox, oh boy, oh boy, please don't watch TTR. Please, <laughs> because... Woo-wee, because you guys are going to be on the call-out list probably next week. <laughs> I hear you. I hear everything you're saying. I got three words. Fly, Eagles, fly. Big Dick Nick. I'm taking two of those words. I, 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 can't, I can't bet against Nick Foles at this point, Guru. All right, Guru, we are running long, but before we get out of here for a quick break and, and head on to, uh, to segment two, we got to talk real quick about the, uh, about the coaching carousel. We had three coaches' uh, places filled in the beginning of the week. We've got two that are looking official and one that's about to be official here. They are, uh, they are Bruce Arians is uh, taking a job down in Tampa Bay. We got uh, Cliff Kingsbury taking the job in Arizona, and it looks like Matt LaFleur is going to be the new coach up there in, in Green Bay. So let's start with Bruce Arians going to Tampa Bay. Is this a good fit for the Buccaneers? Is this a good fit for Bruce Arians? What do you think's going on here? Great fit, man. I love Bruce, man. Bruce wants to chuck the ball. 
Bruce wants to make it. He's a vertical passing guy. He has, he's in the NFC South, so it's a nice weather division. So, and he has Jameis Winston, who likes to throw it. He has a big body receiver in Mike Evans. Um, he also have up-and-coming stars. He has Adam Humphreys. Um, he also got Chris Godwin. So he has the, the, the framework that fits a Bruce Arians type of offensive skill set. They have the big body receiver. They have the, inst- the slot receiver. And they have another very, uh, I call him, versatile receiver. And I think they're already starting with that. And that's a big thing for them. And also, they have a tight end. Uh, so Bruce Arians is actually inheriting a very, very, what is it, a cabinet full of precious, precious chocolate. <laughs> so then from uh, from the veteran Bruce Arians going to uh, to Tampa Bay to uh, Arizona, where Bruce Arians came from a few years back, are going with a, 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 a virtual unknown, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, coming off USC most recently, Texas Tech before that, uh, has a bit of a reputation as, as, as a quarterback guy. <laughs> Right, it's a quarterback whisperer, and they're, they're they're saying that they're trying to look at him a little bit McVay-esque as they're going forward. The question here in Arizona is: Is Kingsbury a good fit, and is he the guy that can unlock Rosen First in the way all, McVay did Goff? This this is why I pride myself in just um, analyzing as far as the structural aspect of the league. You know, I pride myself in not only doing the X's and O's, but just being a, a, a personnel. You know, and mm. I'm a per, I, that's what I pride myself. That's my vice. I love the personnel. And there's certain thing about uh, fit. You know, if those some organization is kind of that's why they traditionally they are what they are because they consistently, continuously make the same type of ridiculous mistake because now they're keeping up with the trend. You know, the trend is the hot coach, the hot offensive coach. The, the, that's the hot trend now, the, the young whisperer, you know. And sometimes stability and, uh, and adulthood and a little bit of experience plays a role, man. You know, it takes you a long way. But this is the Sean McVay effect. You know, it's the L.A. boy, the blonde hair. It looks good, the blue eyes. It's a typical all-American. I got to say, the traditional American, what, 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 what a white America is. Yeah. It, it is. It's Corn like, fed. He's looking at white America, Sean McVay, blue, blonde hair, blue eyes. He's in L.A. He looks good, pretty, with the pretty blonde hair, um, Jared Goff. So you have this mystique that psychologically in people because they're beautiful people, right. you think, oh, man, they just win in life. But that don't necessarily mean they're good at the job they do. No. You know, so the one thing I got to say is, and this is my, not, I take this to the heart. Cliff Clinsbury, who I've been, I've been following, you know, the guru is young enough, I mean, old enough to know. I followed him in his career when he was Texas Tech, when he threw for more yards than the whole state of freaking California. You know what I'm saying? So I know, I know what he done. I know he, he was never NFL type quarterback. He, he, whatever, he was never NFL guy. But the thing about this is, if, and then he went to go coach at his alma mater. One thing I could tell you is, when you coach at your alma mater, back at home or whatever it does have to do with somewhere you came from or you put your footprint, you're going to give that the hardest, the best, like, you ever did. Yeah, especially when it's the uh, first gig. Dude, you're going to put more effort, more everything you can. to first big gig. Yes. So for six years, you have a 35 and 40 overall record. Never won a big ball game, nothing. And you got fired. You got fired. So the alma mater said, thank you, no thanks. And then you got hired as an offensive coordinator at another institution. And then all of a sudden, ding, ding, ding. Hey, buddy, you just got fired. Nobody wants you. But come to the big boy league. Come to the big boy league well, and now, be my coach. Well, now he's going to Arizona. I'm not bro, sure that's big boy. Yeah, bro, 
this is a this is a travesty to a, a professional head coaches. This is a travesty to a, a guy like Eric Bieniemy who put in his ten years of experience in the league to get an opportunity like this. It's a travesty to get a guy that's thirty five and forty, dude. And what has he shown? He just got fired at his alma mater. Somewhere he put his pride, his sweat, and tears on. And now you bringing him into the big boy league. He was never called plays. He's never been an assistant. He's never even been a quality control in the league. Now you're going to put him for leader of men that things he has never done. Come I don't on, see a success. Man. Even a doctor that just first come out of school has an assistant next to him when he does his first surgery. <laughs> and put it like this. If you're going to, let me rephrase that. If you're going to get a surgery done on your heart, are you going to get the doctor that. I don't want to run. Hold on. Are you going to get the doctor that's killed 40 people? <laughs> 40 people. He has, a, he has more death than survival rate. <laughs> he has more death than survival rate, but yet I want him to be my heart surgeon. Come on, Arizona. What are you Come doing? On, man. At least be one game over 500, brother. <laughs> All right, from, on, from the deserts of Arizona to the frozen tundra of Green Bay, it looks like it's not official yet, Guru, but it looks like Matt Lafleur is uh, is sliding into position up in Green Bay to be the next head coach up there, uh, take over the uh, the reins of the the Aaron Rodgers show, the second best Aaron show in the NFL up there in Green Bay. How about this one? Is this a good fit? Will this work out, or I will love, uh, Aaron Rodgers hey, get this guy fired hey, too? I love my man Matt. I love. Hey, first of all, why is it that every freaking coach? In the NFC fucking North has a name that starts with an M and three of them are Matt. You got Matt Nagy, Matt Patricia, Mike Zimmer, and now you have Matt LaFleur. What's up with this Matt situation, man? See, you lived a, you're a, a, an equatorial guy, and I'll tell you, when it's real cold, like in Chicago in the North, you don't want to open your mouth much. Matt, you don't have to oh. Matt. Matt, that's, it, it, it's a real easy, fast gotcha. name to say. When your lips are frozen, you yeah, Matt, don't have to worry about it. Gotcha. It's real easy that way. Okay, good. Another quarterback whisperer, but this quarterback whisperer is a little bit different. I love him. Obviously, he has a, uh, a Redskins uh, relationship. It's kind of weird. Think about this. At one point, Sean McVay was, our, I think, was the tight ends coach. Matt LaFleur was our quarterback coach. Uh, uh, Shanahan was a Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator. Those are three head coaches yeah. right now, which are all traditionally right now better than Jay Gruden. Just, yeah, just just a side note, just a rescue. I had to put that there. But what I, I, I will say, the problem though wasn't those coaches or Jay Gruden. The problem is Dan Snyder. WilsonShop.com. Make DC Sports great again. <laughs> but anyways, I love this uh, uh, just because. Matt uh, went through the, he's come from the Shanahan tree. I love the Shanahan tree uh, with the whole, the whole Sean McVay situation. Just to give if people not aware of him, he's, he was with the Redskins, uh, the Kirk Cousins situation. He was a little whisperer. And then he's the same guy that went to L.A. with Jared Goff that first year last year. He's the guy that made Jared Goff what he was. Um, but then he took that job to, with Mariota. We all seen that was a debacle, but that's no flash on him. Mm -hmm. You know, Mariota is a totally different type of person, uh, personnel as far as what Matt could do. You know what I'm saying? What he needs as far as, uh, as far as to implement his array of scheme as far as offensive genius self, you know? So, but one thing I love about him, he's a very, very confident guy, and he don't back down guy. Mm -hmm. So, meaning Aaron Rodgers, old uh, freaking laid Cali cool, Cali laid back, arrogance, don't smell my shit. Matt ain't going to have that shit, homie. Matt ain't going to have that, and Matt going to let him know about that. So I think it's going to be a great marriage because Matt's going to challenge him, you know, because Matt's resume speaks for itself. 
He makes guys that, like I said, he made a Jared Goff. He's going to be getting paid. You know what I'm saying? He helped with Kirk Cousins and stole $84 million. So he could <laughs> make sure he could help you de- your deficiencies. He could, in- he could make sure nobody sees that or limit your deficiencies. It puts you in a better, uh, you know, a value position, more of a very, you know, of an asset position rather than a liability position. And you got to figure Aaron Rodgers is also going to really want to perform after, uh, after getting the coach switch, making it seem like it's not him, you know, going forward. All right, Guru, we are going way, way, way long here in segment one. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back in segment I, two. I got one thing real quick. All right, Before go for it. Segment two. I was just being, the Guru just being random, right? So just to give you for the head coaches now, Think about, I'll, I'll give a list of the last, like, basically 10 head coaches, right, and their name, their first name, all right, from, from the pre- current to, uh, to the previous, I'm sorry, Super Bowl winners. Okay. Super Bowl head coach winners. Doug right. Peterson. Doug. Bill. John. Bill. Pete. John. Bill. Tom. Mike. Sean. Mike. Tom. So, basically... When you're searching for a coach. I feel like there wasn't enough bills in there. There's, there's more bills out of stuff. <laughs> this one thing about coaches, what I'm getting to this point is, it better be a one, one, or one word coach, and it got to be a four-letter coach. She's saying Lestro's not getting me hired? It got to be a four-letter coach. You take away Tom, the last Super Bowl, one, two, three, four, five, the last five Super Bowl winners, you count the letters of their name, it's been four letters from, uh, from Doug to Bill to John, to Bill again, to Pete, to John. GMs, if you're listening, Guru has got it all <laughs> sing, figured sing out. Beam. All right, Guru, let's take a quick hey, break I here. guess what's the Guru? How, how many letters the Guru? That's sing, what I'm sing, talking about. Call me, Arizona. Call me. It's <laughs> experience that matters. And with that, we're going to take a quick break here on Trash Talk Radio. Come back again, segment two. We're going to do the uh, the call-outs and shout-outs. One final look at the week that was. Then we're going to look ahead to the week that's coming up with our Bets with Ben segment with Ben Carey from the Currency Kings. we got a quick two-minute drill, and then we'll get out of here. Stick around. Trash Talk Radio. TTR. Dog Radio, back again, segment two. Guru, you know what that means. Got plug time, got plug, plug, plug time. Trash Talk Radio at TrashTalkRadio.com, brought to you by the World of Sports Network.com. World of Sports Network, connecting the world through the sports we love. you got to head over to the YouTube and search for World of Sports Network there on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to that so you can check out all our great content, from the Trash Talk Radio to the Guru's Film Room to the On Court, Off Court to the, to the Sebi Podcast, all the great stuff we've got over there. Make sure you head over to WazenShop.com. That is W-O-S-N Shop.com. And get yourself one of those Make DC Sports Great Again hats that we've got going over there. If you're looking for me, Lestro, you can find me every day on Twitter at More or Lestro. At More or Lestro on Twitter. And, of course, the Guru is there every day on Instagram at Guru's Film Room. It's just his thoughts. Just his thoughts. So one more time for the people in the cheap seats, TrashTalkRadio.com. And Guru, tell them that hashtag. That's 10K for TTR. All right, Guru. So here's the part of the show where we take one final look back at the uh, the week that was in the NFL at Wildcard Weekend as we give Guru's call-outs. Oh, hang on. I got a button to press. Guru's call-outs. Oh, my God. The heck out of it. And shout-outs. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. And, and for the guys that need to be honored, the guys that need to be... Uh, Dress down just a little bit. So, Guru, let's start where we always do. My favorite part, the call-outs. Who are we calling out this oh week in Wild Card Weekend? Man, 
it's it, the thing about the the playoff seasons. It's about coaching. That's why you pay. That's why they fire you on um, um, Black Monday and when they hire you for the playoff, man, because they want to see what your ass could do, X's and O's. So it's about coaching. It's X's and O's season, man. It's about coaching. And what else I told you about who makes that one play? The regular season is one to three plays. <laughs> the playoff is one play. Who's going to make that one play at that one time? So for the first call out, man, he didn't not only did he not make that one play, but he didn't make that adjustment. He didn't make the adjustment mid-game. He didn't make the adjustment in halftime. He didn't make no adjustment at all. So, with all due respect, I'm calling out John Harbour of the Baltimore Ravens for numerous reasons. I, for one, think John is a great, great motivator. He's a great guy. He's a great, mm, I won't say, overseer of people. You know, he puts great staff together. He has a culture. But John Harbour is not somebody you call as a as a forward thinker. <laughs> you know, as an innovative type of guy. When you That's think true. about innovation, you don't think about John Harbour. You certainly don't think about the uh, Baltimore Ravens. You don't think about the Baltimore Ravens. So with him being outcoached by the entire Los Angeles, San Diego Chargers coaching staff by him not adjusting to exactly what Anthony Lynn, Gus Bradley, um, having and company had for him. I am with utmost respect because he's a Super Bowl guy and he's a playoff guy. And what he did with Lamar Jackson in the middle of the season. So that's why just before, just because I expected more and I didn't get that, that's why the guru is calling your but out. John Harbaugh? Oh, my God, the heck out of it. Called out. All right, Guru, who else we calling out from Wild Card Weekend? <laughs> now, I have to call out Deshaun Watson from the Houston Texans. All right? Deshaun, you're a spectacular guy. You got the guy. You, you're great in the media. You got the great sound clip. You got that million-dollar smell. You're a beautiful kid. You look good. You got everything. You're the starting quarterback. You got fame, fortune, rich, prettiness. You got everything you could possibly do except throw the ball in the pocket. <laughs> Deshaun Watson. This is the crazy thing. I'm really worried about this situation, this dynamic in Houston. It is part of the job description. Tom O'Brien's offensive scheme is based on precision, accurate passing. Is this, this marriage, I'm really going to keep an eye on. Just remember I said it's 2018-19, right? This marriage is something I'm going to really look forward to seeing how it's going to go because there's a chink there. You know, there's something about this marriage that they just – ideology differences. Mm-hmm. One person want kids, the other person don't. Ain't gonna work. It ain't gonna work. You might be able to sustain a little, you know, you might have some problems. Yeah, it might be fun for a it while. Might be fun, but eventually, it's not gonna work. And I'm sorry, until they're not gonna change Deshaun, and Deshaun... No, they shouldn't. They're not, they shouldn't. But Deshaun Watson, for you missing key throws against a cover two, easy, basic cover two scheme, I am Calling your ass out. Oh, my God, the heck out of it. All right, so that is Deshaun Watson called out for missing the throws in a, in a cover two there. It's, it's, you know, he's young. He'll get it. He'll eventually get it down hey, there, I think. Yeah, right. Hey, look, but when you're younger, you make them throw like a, um, Patrick Mahomes, who's an MVP. Well, oh, I mean, you say he's young. He got 50 touchdowns. That's young. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> All right, Guru, one more call out this week. Who's our final call out of hey, the week? Hey, man. 
I have to do this. The guru is going to emphasize, synthesize every type of synchronize, every size you could think of, one size fit all, the size of the king, any fucking size. At the end of the day, I got bad news, bears. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say that again. They might have missed that. At the end of the day, I got bad news, bears. <laughs> Come on, man. Cody. Cody Parky. Cody fucking Parky. I don't got to say much. The whole world is saying what I want to say. So the guru is calling your ass out for being what a Cody is. A fucking Parky. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Oh, my God. The heck out of it. I'll I, tell you what. I'm going to change that. I, you know, Lestro doesn't usually do this. I personally am giving a shout out to Cody yes, Parkey yes, for the brilliant kick he made for Eagles fans everywhere. You know, Eagles fans are sending him like money through Venmo and like beer money. Like, Cash thank you. Money, right? yeah. Hey, Eagles fan, I'm finna go punch that damn Drew Brees in the face. So then he got suspended and he punched me back. What am I going to get, Meek Mill snipers? Oh, my hey, God, the hell out real quick. When I was looking at this Parky thing, you know, I'm kind of in that weary, crazy mode. And I just thought about it somewhere off the blue, just popped in my head, right? Go for it. Why is it every time, because of Parky, because I call him Parkway, right? Right. So why is it every time? Why is it, I notice, in the street and the, the whole uh, uh, infrastructure, right? Why we park in a driveway, but we drive in a parkway? Just to confuse people. Okay, just the American shit. Yeah, we just love it. Oh, like, I'm, like, I'm parking in my driveway. Yeah, yeah. But I'm gonna drive my parkway. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, just random parky. That's for you doing that for me. You see that? That's why I'm cutting your asses out. See what my, you've done. Making my oh mind my think about driveway parkway rather than your ass missing a fucking kick, man. Oh my god, the heck out of here! All right, so Guru, let's change gears and let's honor the guys that played the game right here this weekend. Let's give our uh, our shout outs to the guys. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. The guys who deserve a bit of a shout out. Who you got this week? From Parky to Park Avenue, Broad Street, baby. From Parky to Dougie Peterson, Dougie P, baby. I the like Guru, baby. The Guru love it. <laughs> the guru is surfing because I ain't flying right now, man. The guru's scared of heights, man. <laughs> I'm, on, <laughs> I'm on my Tony Kornheiser, man. I'm scared of heights, man. I got to take that bus everywhere, man. But anyways, <laughs> Doug Peterson, you have the testicular fortitude of the guru. You have the testicular fortitude of a guru. And the guru, from a guru to another guru, I represent a guru from all guru nation. You are the guru freaking shout out number one of the weekend. Doug yes, Peterson. Yes, boy. I'll tell you what, Doug Peterson, everybody's looking for the next Sean McVay. They should look for the next Doug Peterson. He may not be pretty, but he's beat Sean McVay twice and hey, he's got a Super Bowl hey, ring. Who did look for the next Doug Peterson? The boy in Indy, Chris Ballard and company, mm. didn't look for that. Hey, you know who else tried to look for the next Doug Peterson, right? Them boy in Chicago. Mm. Man, hey, I see y'all. Mm. <laughs> You don't look for Sean McVay. You want to look for Dougie P. All right, Guru, who else are we uh, shouting out this week? Hey, I got to do this. Speaking of, hey, speaking of, little, 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 speaking of friend Ryan, you got the right choice, baby. I like it like that. From Chris Ballard to Frank Wright to Matt Eberflores, the whole entire staff of the Indianapolis Colts, 
nap time, baby. The guru is peeping you out. The walkway up in downtown Indianapolis. The guru has a DNA left in some hotel room in downtown Indianapolis. Hello. I leave that in the college days. Hello. But I know all about downtown. <laughs> and I'm telling you, baby, the whole entire oh, Indianapolis coach, like the guru is shouting y'all out. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. I really don't want to hear that story, but uh, but uh, yes, shout boy, out to the Colts, to the Colts staff. One final shout out for the week from Wild Card Weekend, Guru. We got the Dougie P. We got the Colts staff. Who's our final shout out of the Man, week? We got, hey, hey, you know what? Let's stick to the staff, baby, because the staff is right, baby. And I'm talking about Anthony Lynn, the San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers, Gus freaking Bradley, Ken Wizen Hunt. The Wiz. Every time I say the Wiz, I always think about the Wizinator. But either way, I'm in a legal state. I don't got a Wizinator on anything, baby. <laughs> Send I, that check, Wizinator. I don't Wizinator nothing. The guru is not about no R. Kelly shit. We ain't all about none of that Wizin nothing. Come Anyways, on, now let me don't get sidetracked. Because the San Diego Los Angeles Chargers from the coach of the year, the entire staff, as far as having the moxie, having the cocoon of a African gorilla monkey to straight up say, you know what, I'm putting my light ass DBs on the field to tackle the big old elephant of a mammoth lineman. I am so proud of this National Geographic reference. The guru is giving all you guys a shout out. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. All right, so. That makes our shout-outs of the week. Dougie P, the Colts staff, and the National Geographic reference of the Chargers staff to go with our call-outs of Harbaugh, Cody Parker, uh, Cody Parkey, and Deshaun Watson. Driveway Parkway, the whole damn shebang, dog. Yes, boy, yes, boy. <laughs> with that, let's turn our attention to the week coming up, the divisional games with our bets with Ben Seymour with Ben Carey of thecurrencykings.com. You got to head over to thecurrencykings.com and check out the free picks every day. Ben's got free picks for you every day. He's got write-ups and explanations for it. And make sure you use... You go down to BetDSI.com. That's BetDSI.com. Use promo code TTR. Promo code TTR on BetDSI.com. They're going to help you have a little bit of free money there with your betting. Let's uh, let's see what Ben's got to say this week. Ben, what do you got for us? Hey, what's up, guys? Ben here from Currency Kings. Back at it with some NFL picks to win you some money for the weekend. Let's dive on into it. So the first game I'm going to cover... Colts versus the Chiefs. This one is an arrowhead, Chiefs being the home team. I like the under of 57, as well as the Chiefs to cover, and the currently the spread is five and a half. Now, fun fact, fun stat for you here. Teams that play in dome in outdoor playoff games are 18, 36, and two against the spread. That's 33%. They're only winning 33% of the time against the spread. And that, of course, is the Colts who play in a dome headed to Arrowhead. The weather is supposed to be snowy. It's going to be cold. I don't, I don't see how the Colts win this one. And I also don't see how a lot of points are scored. So go with the under of 57 and the Chiefs 5.5. The next game is the Cowboys at the Rams out in L.A., sunny L.A., I like the Rams uh, to keep it close, uh, to have a lead throughout the game. But ultimately, I don't think the Rams cover. I like Dallas to cover at plus seven, and that's my official pick in this one. I think the run game of Dallas controls the clock, 
and they keep it close. Ultimately, the Rams will win, but I like the Cowboys to cover plus seven. Next game is the Chargers at New England. I actually like New England to cover minus four in this one. I know the Chargers have been hot. They looked really good against the Ravens and Baltimore on the road, but ultimately you gotta go with the boys from Foxborough. They have the experience on their side. I know a popular pick will be the Chargers in this one to cover plus four, but I'm going with the Patriots minus four in this one. The last game is the Eagles at the Saints. Obviously the Eagles with a huge win out in Chicago. Cody Parkey missing the game-winning field goal. Was it tipped? It looks like it was, but I guess it doesn't matter at this point. Go with the under a 50 and a half in this one. Saints started the season scoring a lot of points. They've regressed to the mean. I don't think the offense is going to put up over four touchdowns. I think it's a lower scoring game than most expect. So go with the under of 50 and a half in this one. If you were to choose a side, I would choose the Eagles to cover plus eight and a half, but go with that under. That's my official play in that one. As always, if you want to place these bets, head to BetDSI, use that promo code TTR. They will match you 50% of your deposit up to $500. It's a great deal, great way to win some free money and to bet with some money. Once again, that's promo code TTR on BetDSI. Good luck this weekend, and we will see you next week. All right, Guru, back again. Our thanks to Ben Carey of TheCurrencyKings.com. Once again, head over to TheCurrencyKings.com. He's got free picks there every day. And make sure you use promo code TTR at BetDSI.com. That's promo code BetD, uh, promo code TTR at BetDSI.com. You know what we like to say, Guru? Don't bet with your heart. Bet with Ben. That's what I'm talking about. All right, we are way over time here on this show this week, Guru, but we got about... Oh, what? We call us the Cleveland Browns? We got about... We are all over, all time, over time. All over time. We got about two minutes left, and you know what that means. We're going to get a tie? We're going to get a two-minute drill <laughs> is what we're going to get. Get a tie. I don't wear a tie. You can't make me wear a tie. All right, you can make me wear a jacket. You can't make me wear a tie. Oh, man. All right, here's how we play the two minute drill here on Trash Talk Radio. We put two minutes on the clock. This is our chance to talk about all the things we didn't get to talk about on the show this week. I put two minutes on the clock. I start lobbing questions at the guru. Are you ready? Let's get it. Here we go. Guru, question number one. We got to start with the national championship game in, uh, in college football. Clemson beat the pants off Alabama Monday night to win the national championship behind freshman quarterback Trevor Lawrence, who really kind of looks like he stepped right out of the movie Dazed and Confused. My question for you, Guru, is how did they do this? You just got me dazed and confused, man. <laughs> oh, shout out to the Wizenator. We talking about dazed, confused, Wizenator. Oh, man, please. Send that check, Wizenator. Hey, hey, how did they do this? I always see college as just like high school. If you have the guy that, if you have a Division One guy on your high school team and nobody else has him, you can see you the shot. Win. Yeah. If you have the number one overall prospect in the NFL draft on your side of the team, you're going to win. And that's the difference in that game. They had a, a franchise quarterback who could have been the first of all pick this year, but he got two more years. He's a, a freshman. He's got two more years. Is this kid for real? Are we going to see him for the next two years? He is. Hey, take it back to the 90s R&B. So for real. <laughs> is this the end of Bama then? Uh, no. No. My love. <laughs> 
Just no. Never Clemson is already the favorite to win again next year. Will we see hey, man. number five? Hey, we're going to see the Pentagon. It's about to be the Pentagon. Isn't that five shaded? That's right? five. Yes. We're about to see Alabama versus Clemson, Pentagon style, baby. Number five. Uh, that's a, that, is that Jason takes Manhattan? All right. Let's, uh, let's move over to the NBA. Apparently, Guru, you may not believe this, Jimmy Butler is apparently causing problems in the Sixers locker room. Jimmy Butler, of all guys, I never would have seen it coming. So, hold up, time out. You telling me we have a brother in, uh, in Jimmy Butler, went to the city of brotherly love, and you telling me he ain't getting love from his brothers? Apparently not. <laughs> the question, Guru, he says he's not being used right, and he's right, but he's causing some problems in the coach. The question is, will the Sixers reg- regret this trade? Dude, the Sixers been regretting a lot of things in their whole organization. Yeah, no They've been regretting Mark Elfold. They been, trust me, another regret, they ain't worried about it. You know what they're going to be like? Like my man Shaggy, it was in me. <laughs> there was our horn. I got two NFL questions for you real quick. The first is, uh, it, uh, where will uh, Flacco land? He probably played his last game in, in Baltimore. Where will Flacco go? Where, will he, where do you think he'll be? Hey, all the birds. He's going to be flying. What the birds do in the winter? Fly they fly down south. Jacksonville Jaguars, because nobody else oh, listening to the GM guru. Oh. If you know anything about football, Joe football, let me take that back. Fucking Playoff Flacco will get you there because in the playoff, you need one play. And we've seen playoff Joe made that play. Oh, man. I think that is ridiculous because I've been saying Bortles is the new Flacco. I would love to see Flacco down there be the new Bortles. All right, one more question in the NFL. Uh, Russell Okung says that Roger Goodell won't let the Chargers, quote, come home. Is the NFL uh, uh, biased against the Chargers? I told you, the only homeless team. We have in the NFL, because I don't even consider the Raiders, because they're just, they're not they're beyond homeless. What do you call people that's beyond homeless? Nomads, or what do you, you call them? You call them the Raiders. Yeah, yeah the Raiders. Yeah. Like, oh, that's exactly, they just go raid and pollute everywhere. Yeah, yeah, there's you know pirates. What I'm so they're just going to raid and pollute Vegas now. This is, that's exactly yeah. where we want them to go raid and pollute Yeah, they are, they are pirates. Exactly. Take your booty there. Exactly, Mundo. But the Chargers, uh, is, is the league biased against the Chargers? Of course, man. You know who the San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers are? You know what I'm saying? They are the, I'm going to say this, not the Randy Dangerfield. Nobody cares about that. You know who they are? They are the Danny DeVito. <laughs> you know, a short, stucky team. Now, he's a great they're the, guy. They're the ugly twins exactly. in Los Angeles. That's what they're it, the ugly twins. They're you know, always raining in Philadelphia. What is it? Sunny. Always, always sunny. sunny Philadelphia. They are the, that's what they are. It's always sunny in California, but they forget it. The Chargers are the Danny DeVito of the NFL. I think it'd be great to see a championship game in that soccer stadium with no one there. That's exactly Except what the NFL Danny DeVito. Needs. Except Danny DeVito. The Penguin, baby. I want to see the Penguin. You know what? Where's my, one of my favorite damn movies of all time, man? Get Shorty. <laughs> Is DeVito in that? <laughs> hey, speaking of movies, Guru, one more. The Golden Globes were this week. I didn't see any of the movies in the uh, except Black Panther that was uh, that was nominated. My question is, what was the best movie you saw last year? What would win the Golden Guru Award? Ooh, the Golden Guru Award. The best movie the Guru watched last year, man. Damn, man. The wife's going to be mad. I slept in all of them, boy. <laughs> She's going to be mad as shit, man. I slept in all of them, man. I ain't going to lie to you, man. <laughs> All right, with that, 
That is our show for this week on Trash Talk Radio. Our thanks to Ben Carey from TheCurrencyKings.com. Our thanks to Evliana Productions for making sure we look good. Uh, you can check me every day on uh, on Twitter at More or Less, or you can find The Guru on Instagram at Guru's Film Room. Look for the podcast everywhere there's podcasts. We got it on iTunes. We got it at, uh, at, at Google Play. You can find it on Spotify. Anywhere you got. Y'all smoke, you got this. You got a podcast, man. You can find us everywhere. The best place to find us is at TrashTalkRadio.com. Until next time, my name is Lestro. It's the G to the U to the R to the U. And I interrupted Lestro. Thanks for listening. The guru is going to emphasize, synthesize every type of synchronize, every size you could think of, one size fit all, the size of the king, any fucking size.